Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Amen. We are talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And just to know that uh, the Apostle Paul made it very clear that we're not to be without understanding of the manifestations of the Spirit. So obviously it was important to God to have him pen those words so that we can be changed by what he taught. We've talked about the fact that the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural manifestations and operations of the Spirit of Almighty God who began his ministry on the day of Pentecost here in the earth. These are not natural gifts. They're supernatural gifts. They're not learned things. They're supernatural. In other words, like tongues is not learning languages. It is a manifestation and operation of the spirit of almighty God as he manifests himself in the life of an individual. We talked about the fact that there are nine gifts of the spirit that could be divided into three groups. We have, first of all, the revelation gifts. We talked about those, and those are the gifts that reveal something. Then we have the vocal gifts, and those are the ones that say something. And then we're starting now the last three uh, gifts. These are the power gifts, and these are the gifts that do something. And remember, the Apostle Paul said, don't be ignorant or without understanding with regard to these gifts or manifestations and operations of the Spirit. So if that's what we're being admonished to do is to study to know these things and we should be open to them. Amen? And we should want to learn. Amen. As we continue our study, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look at verses 9 and 10. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles. And then it goes on to say the other gifts. But notice those three there. Faith, gifts of healings, and then also the working of miracles. So those are the three power gifts. So our focus will be on the three power gifts. Faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. Tonight we'll talk about faith. I like to call it special faith, just for clarity. It's not just general faith. It's not just common faith. It is the gift of faith, which is a special faith or a unique faith that we experience by the Spirit. So... In the book of Romans, chapter 10 and verse 17, we're all familiar with this verse. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's talk, talking about general faith. When you and I study the word of God, we hear the word of God. It produces general faith in our lives. It's a common faith. It is not talking about the gift of faith or special faith. This is something that we receive uh, the gift of faith that is as the Spirit wills. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. Special faith is something that we get as the Spirit wills. Anyone can study the Word of God and acquire general faith 
and grow in our faith. But this is versus talking about special faith. But all these worketh that one in the self same spirit, dividing the every man severally as he will. This manifestation or operation of special faith, some can have it and some may not yield to it or have it in their lives. See, all these gifts of the Spirit can manifest as the Spirit wills. So it has nothing to do with our studying the Word of God and uh, hearing the Word of God and growing in our faith. Look at the Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. General faith can grow in the life of a believer. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all abound, or all toward each other abound. So this is talking about general faith. It's talking about common faith, faith that can grow in the life of the believer. Well, what's he talking about? Well, as we begin to study the Word of God after we get saved and we learn about our covenant rights and privileges, then we can grow from faith to faith. Therein, that is in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. We have saving faith. And then we can move on to faith for deliverance, faith for healing, faith for protection, faith for, for, for provision, faith for strength. And the list goes on and on and on. As we learn the word of God, we develop faith in God, just faith to experience the presence of God. This is general faith. This is common faith. And it comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You'll be amazed how many never heard the word of God with regard to healing. And so as a result, they never had healing faith or faith for healing. And then once they start learning about the healing power of God and learning about how it's in uh, God's redemptive plan and Jesus bore our sickness and carried our pains, then they develop a faith for healing. And so it grows. It's a common faith. It's a, just a general faith. But this is not the gift of special faith. It's not the unique faith that comes by the Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Here we see that, for I say, the Apostle Paul said, through the grace given to me, that to every man that is among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every man begins on the same playing field. We all have the measure of faith. When we get saved, that's called saving faith. That gift is just saving faith. It's common faith, it's general faith. And we all have the same uh, faith for salvation. But you see, it doesn't stop there. If you don't want to study any other subject in the Bible, you'll have saving faith. But if you don't learn other things, your faith will not expand. It will not grow. But when we learn about the fact that God said in his word that he is our provider and we learn that he provides all of our need according unto his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then we develop faith for provision. And then we realize he wants to protect us from the evils of this age. We have faith for his protection. You take the 91st Psalm, you meditate it, you read over it. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty and I say of the Lord, there's your faith speaking. He is my refuge, my strength, and so on. You know, so you're developing general faith, common faith. So what it's not with this gift of faith is not general or common faith. Anyone can have that kind of faith. Everyone can and should grow in that kind of faith. And the more you study God's word, then the more you get it. Secondly, it's also not natural faith or sense knowledge or sense evidence faith. That's not what this gift of faith is. Look at John's gospel, chapter 20. You know, Thomas is really taking 
a lot of flack for what he did when he said he didn't want to believe in Jesus' resurrection until he saw the nail prints in his hands and so on and so forth. He took a lot of flack for that. But you know what? After this incident that took place here, he became one of the most powerful evangelists that was reaching out to people with the life-changing truths of the gospel. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have, this is, they said this to Thomas, we have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger to the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days again, his disciples were with him, within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. You think Jesus heard what Thomas said? Even though he wasn't there when he said it? You think he heard it? Oh, I think he heard it, don't you? And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because you have seen, you believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. See, natural faith is, sense knowledge faith is, sense evidence faith is, I see it, so I believe it. And Jesus said to him, yeah, I understand you see it, you believe it because you saw it. But you know what? That's not the kind of faith I want you to have. I want you to believe it without seeing it. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. And so it's not natural faith, and it's not general faith or common faith. This manifestation of the Spirit is something other than that. So looking here, uh, we have in the, our notes there, you can look at it. It's a supernatural manifestation or operation of the Spirit of God that enables one to trust God with an unwavering faith. It's a sustaining kind of position that you have in trusting God for something. And it happens in a moment. It is something that enables us to trust God beyond our level of faith that we've acquired already by generally studying the Word of God. It's something that we could, let's say, look to for provision or protection by the hand of God. But the point is, it is a supernatural operation of the Spirit of God that enables us to sustain this unwavering faith in God, and it might seemingly come out of nowhere. How did this happen? How do I believe that? It's actually rising ab above your level of faith that you've acquired already in Him. And when this manifestation of the Spirit takes place, it takes you beyond anything that you have developed in your own life. I'm going to give you a quick example. Smith Wigglesworth was called the Apostle of Faith. And through his life and ministry, many marvelous healings took place and many miracles took place. Now, I have... It's questionable as to how many people he raised from the dead. But some say 23, some say 14. How many have we raised from the dead? <laughs> uh, pretty good record, okay? On one incident, this woman was, was actually dead. She died. And he was coming home from work. He was still a novice by his own words at this time in this. But... Here he comes home from work, and he's told this woman has died. 
Of course, everybody's upset. Everybody's, you know, mourning and, and that sort of thing. And he goes over to the house. His wife goes with him. He gets on his knees and he begins to pray. And in his own words, he said, I prayed to the end of my faith. And I got to the end of my faith. And all I could hear is no, no, no. He could hear his wife in the background saying, Smith, don't. Because he knew, she knew what he is capable of doing. Don't. He said, but I stayed there. I was at the end of my faith and I knew it. He said, but then I lifted up my eyes and all of a sudden something hit me. Something came on me. It was this gift called special faith or a unique faith. It hit me. He got up. I don't advise you do this. He got up, picked her lifeless body off the bed, threw it against the wall and said, walk. Live in the name of Jesus. And she came back to life. The point I'm making is that he was beyond his faith. This was special faith. And some people have gotten themselves into trouble thinking that they could mimic the same thing without experiencing this other level of faith. So you see, the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural. We have something to do with studying God's Word and developing our faith life. But this is when the Spirit of God moves apart from anything that we do and imparts something to us, empowering us to believe God beyond where we're at. And that's exactly what he did. Beyond his faith, and it was the faith of God. Let me give you another example. Do you remember when Peter and John were at the temple about the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and the man that was there who was lame from his mother womb who had never walked? He fastening his eyes on them said, look on us. He, on John, Peter and John hit, said, look on us. And he, they expect, he expected to receive, receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he lifted him up and took him by the right hand, lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He went up leaping and walking into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. Okay, how did this happen? Was that just Peter because he was so holy? Well, it can't be because when they wanted to exalt him, he said, why are you looking on us as if by our own holiness we had something to do with this? He said, no, no, no. This is how it happened. His name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith Notice this, that is by him. The faith that is by him. The faith that is by him. There was an impartation at that moment of time in Peter's life when he looked on that man and it just hit him. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'm giving you. Took him by the right hand. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. It's that faith that made this man strong whom you see and know. The faith that is by him gave him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, when you think about this, you realize it's true. How many times did they walk by that temple gate with that man lying there? He was there all the time. How many times did Jesus walk by that temple gate? Many times as well. But you see, on this occasion, what happens? 
this manifestation of the Spirit, which comes as the Spirit wills, not as we conjure up, but as the Spirit wills, imparted to him that special faith that gave him the boldness to do exactly what he did to raise him up from the dead. I'm, I'm sorry, from being lame. Another one you could say in John's gospel. This is the man at the pool of Bethesda. And there he is at the pool of Bethesda. And we know the story. An angel came down and troubled the water at a season, right? And once the water was troubled, whoever was sick of whatever they had, the first one in got healed. Now, first of all, we recognize the fact that this is a gift of the Spirit. It's not this guy's personal faith or anything like that. It's not general faith. It is a manifestation of the Spirit, which is why I believe it's in there. This manifestation of the Spirit was for this, these people. It's like the house of mercy, but Bethesda means the house of mercy. So that when you got in, you got healed. But, you know, you could wait there for 38 years and not get anything. Especially when you're at that house of mercy where it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world you, out for yourself. And people are not helping you to get in. What was the first thing the man said to Jesus when he said, will you be made whole? I don't have a man to help me get in. So in other words, it's a hopeless cause. It's a hopeless situation. I am that far away from that water when it's trouble for me to get healed. But there's nobody willing to put me in so I can be delivered from this lameness. So what? So there's Jesus. He is a manifestation of the troubling of the water at that time. He says, take up your bed and walk. So I believe once again the same thing where, remember, Jesus is also led by the Spirit. And Jesus did what he saw his father do. He didn't heal everybody else there at the pool. It was that one person. He had mercy on that person. He had compassion on that person. And I do believe this was a once again manifestation of the Spirit because it is a gift and operation. And he used it to bring deliverance to this man. Now, it's a special or unique faith imparted by the Spirit that can't be reached apart from this manifestation of the Spirit. We can't have that kind of manifestation of the Spirit by acquiring it on our own. Look in the book of Ezekiel 37 here. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And sent me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were many, very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. You think Ezekiel got that faith on his own? Absolutely not. Do you think anybody in the position where he was in, looking at all these bones that are scattered throughout this entire valley, could just sit there and just say, I confess you bones that come together. Who would even think of it? But you see, here was Ezekiel. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then God said, can they live? You want to talk about a privilege of entering into a place to where Almighty God allows you to participate and use some of his faith? Wow, is right. 
Imagine that. Can these bones live? You know. Uh, you know I know, Zeke. You know I know. Speak to those bones. You talk about special faith. You talk about unique faith. Speak to the bones. Then speak to the wind. And what happens? We see the end result. See, that's why there sometimes is confusion as far as using our faith for things and not recognizing the fact that sometimes there's special faith in operation. And the thing is, the more we pray in the Holy Ghost, the more we pray in the Spirit and give ourselves over to the Spirit of God, we can expect these manifestations to happen, let's say, more frequently. But you see, if we don't, then basically what we're saying is, I'm not really concerned about them manifesting in my life. But the more we pray in the Spirit and worship God, we can position ourselves to be used by the Spirit on occasions like this. Let's give you another example. Look at 1 Kings 17. Here we have the prophet Elijah. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the raisin, ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, here he is empowered by the Spirit of God to believe something that really goes beyond our comprehension. How many of you know that ravens don't feed people? They don't. They feed themselves, not people. But here, God drops in, into him this unique faith that enables him to believe for whatever length of time that you'll be fed by these ravens. And, and then also, you can drink from the water supply. Even if it's contaminated, it wouldn't even matter. I don't know about you, but I just don't like drinking from the Ohio River. Anybody here want to drink from the Ohio River? I wouldn't think you'd want to do that. You might grow something, you know, two tongues or something. I don't know. Something will happen. But here he is in this position. And what does he do? He trusts God. He's empowered to believe God. There's, as far as germs, bacteria in the water supply, ravens. What about the germs and the bacteria they supply that they would bring? Think about it. So he's believing God that these ravens in the morning and the evening will supply him with the food that he needs for his sustenance. He's believing God that the water supply, as long as he's drinking from it, it doesn't matter who else drinks from it. They might die from it. But as far as he is concerned, he's divinely protected from that. And he believes God. This is for provision. A supernatural manifestation that enables someone to sustain trust and faith in God that God will honor what he said over a period of time as well. So once again, it's not me going to say to the Bible and just reading the word of God and, and just coming up with conjuring up something like faith for this. I just want to start believing that ravens are going to feed me. I don't know if they know where the pizza shop's at or not, but, I, but you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. There were no stores. 
There were no individuals. There were no people around. There he is, just trusting God, believing God. But once again, a manifestation of the Spirit. Look in the book of Daniel. You remember the story here. Chapter 6. My God has sent his angel, has shut the mouth of the lion's mouth, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Now, put yourself in his sandals. And imagine him being there, cast into the lion's den. Here we have a manifestation of a faith. There's no scripture for that necessarily. A faith that enables him to trust God overnight in the lion's den. Do you think you might get a little bit nervous looking over at some lions that are starving while you're sitting there? Where there maybe be a moment where you might panic just a little bit. But as far as he was concerned, he was calm, cool, collected. Because he had this supernatural manifestation of faith in his life that he just trusted God, period. So once again, it's an operation of the Spirit of God imparting, uh, it's imparted to the life of a believer that will enable him to have this trust and faith in God that's sustained during a period of time while God works whatever it is that he needs to work in that person's life. Now, when Samson, here's a distinct difference between the two. When Samson faced the lion, he killed it. That's a working of miracles. When Daniel faced the lion, he received something. He received protection. There's a difference between the two. And we're going to explain that when we get to the working of miracles. See, working of miracles is when you do something and special faith is receiving something. So receive provision. You receive protection. Look at the next one. 1 Kings chapter 18. And here we have Elijah the prophet. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. And we pick it up in verse 31, I believe it is. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time, and said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. 
So once again, we see God moving in such a way in a person's life to give him the instruction or whatever it is, the direction to do what he would have him to do in a given situation. Now, how do we think that's special faith? Listen, if it wasn't special, if it was, if it was to where a person can control the gift of special faith and use his faith whenever he wanted to, if it was just common faith, why in chapter 19 then was he afraid of Jezebel? Look at the verses. Chapter 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also. If I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. What? Was this Jezebel a bodybuilder? Some kind of Rambo? He just defeated all the prophets of Baal. He just called down fire from heaven. And now she comes along and she makes this threat to his life. And he runs in fear and terror. If it was just his general faith in God, he would have said, bring it on. Come on, Jesse, bring it on. Let's do this. He was afraid. It's so important to have ourselves open to these manifestations of the Spirit. Why? Because at a given time, it may be what is necessary to save human lives. That's why. And you see, you can't turn the gift on and off as you will. It's as the Spirit wills. But the more we pray in the Spirit and open up ourselves to the Spirit, make ourselves available to the Spirit, and to be honest with you, you'll see that Paul even said this, I'm going to show you a better way to have these manifest in your life, and that's the way of love. If we walk in this realm of love and pray in the Holy Ghost and believe God and our intent of heart, our motive of heart is to be a blessing, we position ourselves to have these gifts in operation. Now, I want to conclude with this because it took me a long while before I recognized the fact that this was really a, this gift in operation, special faith. Um, and you've heard my testimony of my daughter falling backwards 10 feet on wooden steps below. Babysitter was watching her. Other kids, she put her on the, on the banister for some reason. I don't know why you would do something like that. And one of the kids running around, you know, kids play. They're running around, running around and knocked her backwards. And she fell backwards and went straight down head first on wooden steps. And I measured it was 10 feet. 10 feet. I heard it. I was teaching a Bible study in my father's basement. I heard the thud and I had a gut feeling that it was my daughter. I didn't know what had happened, but I just had this gut feeling that it was my daughter that got hurt. So I go running upstairs and there she is. I open up the door and there she is just laying there, blood pouring out of her eye, the one eye, and she's just limp as a rag. I pick her up, put her in the living room on the floor, and then I have the team with us, with me, and we lay hands on her. 
And all I know to do is to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm praying in the spirit with other tongues as hard and as fast as I can. And again, I was young at this. I was a novice at this as, as well. I just got saved not too long ago. But, but I thank God I got filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what? People that haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and they're not praying in other tongues, there's such limitations there. People have been afraid of this because it's of the devil. It's not of the devil. It's of God. God ordained it on the day of Pentecost. He ordained it there at the, in the Samaritans, among the Samaritans, in the house of Cornelius as well, in Ephesus, dead down the road. It's all of God. But the devil doesn't want us to know that. He wants people to get afraid of that. Why? Because it generates miracle working power. That's why. And so there I am, as fast as I can, as hard as I can. I don't know what to do. That's my little girl, bleeding profusely out of her eye. Limp rag, she can't stand up. I should have not done that, I guess. From a medical perspective, I should have done that. But I did. I just didn't know what to do at that time. I scooped her up, moved her over, and praying for her. And I don't know how long it was, how many minutes it was. I have no idea. But praying as hard and as fast as I could with other tongues. When, do you know what, what I mean when I say a suddenly? Suddenly. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly, a change, a quick something took place. Suddenly, it's like someone lifted up my head. I just lifted my head like that. I said, now I know she's healed in the name of Jesus. Let's go finish the Bible study. It was like I stepped into another realm. Just walked over into another realm. A realm of faith that said, she's healed, let's go. I mean, they looked at me, weird looks I got. They were thinking, call an ambulance. So I said, she's healed. Special faith is an operation of the spirit that enables one to sustain trust in God beyond what they can do as far as their own developmental stage of faith in God. It took me beyond my faith. It transcended my faith. It was an impartation of a faith and trust in God that went beyond where I was at developmentally. Went downstairs, finished the Bible study, went home, put her in bed, later in bed, just dabbing this to get it to stop and all that. And then, uh, of course, when I'm lying in bed, the devil says, you know, she's going to die. And I said, nope, too late. She's already healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I just, it was a calm, peaceful thing, which I should have been crazy because before this, before I got saved, that's my only little girl. You kidding me? I'd have been at the emergency room in a heartbeat. But it was just something that just took me over. And so I just, no, nope, she's well, she's healed. To be awakened the next morning with her running into our room, the bedroom, looking into the mirror and saying, Jesus, you healed me. Jesus, you healed me. That's how I woke up with her like this. Jesus, you healed me. Man, this whole side of her face is unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. But she's running now. She couldn't even stand up. I don't know what damage could have been done. I'm glad I don't. Maybe one day I'll find out what could have been done. But then she did this for three days. And on the third day, all this was gone. All this fluid that was, you know, 
developed here in where the eye was. And this whole side of her face became normal again. She looked like she didn't have a fall. And if you ever seen anybody that got hit like right here and they've got two black eyes, they got them out for about two weeks. Within five days, she was normal. I took her back to the Bible study on the following Saturday and they said, this can't be the same girl that fell. I said, yeah, it is. What's the point? Why limit ourselves to our general faith, our common faith? When we can look to the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in ways like this. I'm going to be honest with you. Here's another thing. I, 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 as I look back upon the same thing, I'm thinking this was also a manifestation of special faith. When I was at school and all my tapes were stolen, and I was learning about angels and their ministry. And then someone came and broke into my car and took all the, stole all this stuff. And so I shut the car door, backing on the sidewalk. I'm going to go inside and just say what happened uh, and, and all that. And I'm just walking. And all of a sudden, it's like you hit a brick wall. Something hit me like it landed on me. And I stopped right there and said, no. I said, I'm, out, I'm outside. People thought I was crazy or something. No, this is, this is a community, you know, complex. And I said, no, those are my tapes. In the name of Jesus, I loose you angels to go minister for me and bring them back to me. If someone gets saved, that's okay. But I want them back in Jesus' name. Jumped in a car and just went off to school. Never thought nothing about it. And that night, I get a knock on my door. Someone knocking on my door. Tapes piled up like this. Are these yours? I said, yeah. Those are mine. Here. And took off. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know anybody there. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he came from. And it just hit me. Wow. Angels, bring him back. You're ministering for me. But I want you to see that it was something like a suddenly that just hit at that moment. So there's a distinct difference between your general common faith and this operation of the spirit called special faith. And it can happen like that in a moment. And it's as the spirit wills. It's not as we will or Elijah could have turned it on and just said, Jezebel, you're going down. Fire's coming down from heaven to consume you next, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't work that way. It's as the Spirit wills. And so if we open up ourselves to these manifestations of the Spirit, imagine the potential that we have as a body of believers and as the body of Christ in manifesting the glory and the power of God to the generation that we live in. God wants us to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow himself to work in and through our lives in these ways. But it's up to us just to do our part, which is to yield. We can't turn it on. We can't turn it off. We can't make him do it. You know, it's not up to us. Our part is just to make ourselves available by praying in the Spirit and believing in these manifestations of the Spirit. Why? So that he can manifest himself through us in these special ways. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful to know? It takes you beyond 
your level of faith. And I'll be honest with you, you talk about sustaining faith, uh, sustaining your trust in God. You know, when she fell and I was in that place, it was a level of faith that was enabling me to sustain this trust in God that he was at work in her life. To the point of perfect peace when you should be upset, overwhelmed, anxious, and all that. But that just wasn't there. It was just peace. I knew that God was at work. Now you go back and you understand how general faith works. No wonder he says you got to believe you receive it, then you'll have it. But see, generally speaking, I can believe I receive something from God, but then I'm going to be challenged as well. I don't, the devil's going to come along and try to do, uproot what we planted, right? And we got to have faith and patience to inherit the promise. But you see, when you get that gift of faith, it's almost as if the part of patience is already covered. It's covered. God's at work. I know he's at work. Praise God. So those are special times. And that is special faith. So our conclusion is this. This special faith, this unique faith, is an operation of the Spirit of God that enables a person to have sustaining trust in God over a period of time for the miracle to be consummated. It is a level of faith that's higher than our regular, common, general faith. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together before the Lord.